it's fine. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. So we are still in Western Month, and we picked a pretty solid one. Uh, it uh, it's hard <laughs> it's hard to describe and get going on this, but I will say we watched the movie The Magnificent Seven, and not the original one, the 2016 version with Denzel Washington and cooler faces, right. honestly. Not all white people, you know what I mean? Um, so if you don't know anything about The Magnificent Seven, it is about a aging gunslinger. It depends on you know what version, but it's an older person gets tasked with the impossible mission of protecting a town from bandits, just bad people trying to take what that what the town has. And then this version, it's gold in those mines. So the leader finds six friends, six really, really awesome people that can fight, and they sit down and protect protect the town against way too many people. So the reason I'm having a hard time describing this because I want to bring up because mm-hmm, oh shit because uh, I want to bring up the fact that this is a remake. It's actually from another story. It's called Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa. And with this film, uh, the same situation happens. Uh, it's bandits are messing with a town, trying to take their harvest of food. And so they're robbing a place and they're like, wait, if we just wait till after the harvest, we can get more food. Okay, well, we'll be back when your harvest is ready. And then they hire seven ronin, which are masterless samurai. So in all the movies and stuff, when the samurais are just kind of walking down the street by themselves, all dirty and stuff, that, that, that's, that's what they are. Samurai technically have masters, people in charge. Ronin don't. They can do whatever they want. Um, so the Ronin are protecting this town with just swords and some matchlocks and knives. And this story, historians will say that is the first story to use this plot device of people coming into a town to protect it from crazy numbers. Now, they're not the first ones to do it. It's just they're the first, like, successful people to make that into, like, a movie or use that story because it happens all the time. The Guns and Averone. Hey, you ever see A Bug's Life? That's the same fucking story. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, if you'd like to see the Disney version of this story, you can check out A Bug's Life. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's a really cool plot device. Hey, it was in The Mandalorian. Hey, you remember episode when uh, I was about to call it Thickums Magoo? <laughs> uh, Thickums Magoo. Yeah. Uh, what's her girl, man? Mm, I don't know. Race bitch. I, you know what I mean. Gina but, Carano. Gina Carano. I, I call it Thickums Magoo. I forgot her real name. But mm. when she gets hired along with Mando, and I guess the baby was there, he couldn't stop the baby getting off the ship. But they're tasked with protecting a town from bandits. And they have a walker, so they had to shut that thing down. And that, was, and that was really scary for one. Clap the bigamy at them cheeks. Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, it's a really cool plot device. One of my favorite like stories in a Western. Like Actually, in anything. Like I've seen science fiction versions of this. I've seen horror movie versions of this. It's just awesome. So, uh, But the same thing happens with this newer version of The Magnificent Seven. The only big difference between the two movies besides or people of color in it <laughs> uh i don't know it's the actors uh, i think that's the biggest thing just the cool 
actors of it. So Denzel Washington, he's the leader. We got Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio. So when he's not being Kingpin, he's being a crazy person that's probably related to Kingpin. Is <laughs> uh, Byung Hoon Lee. I'm saying that completely wrong, but in an older version on this podcast, we did I Saw the Devil. You know, you remember that that cool like secret agent guy that was torturing the bad guy that raped and killed his wife? It's that guy. <laughs> uh Manuel Garcia Rufo. I've seen him before. It's just I've seen him in something. Uh this movie's really cool. James Horner did the music and uh, it, it's a it's a very fun movie. So if you haven't seen Magnificent Seven, I would say probably give this newer version a shot. It probably won't be as boring. Uh, older westerns are good, but sometimes I, I don't know. I watched a time with my grandma, and there were some westerns, western shows too. She loved Rifleman, Gunsmoke, and Bonanza and stuff. There are moments where I'm like, "Fuck, man, it's like no music happened. I'm sleepy as fuck." Uh, but I don't know. I, I like this version. I've seen some of the original Magnificent Seven and I've seen the 50 other versions, which better than that one, I will say. But no, I, I like this a lot. You got, you're looking up, Katie. Do you have something to say? Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to say something. I was going to say, I guess, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you've definitely heard the music. The theme to Magnificent Seven from the old version from the 60s uh, is incredible. And if you're in any type of like marching band or concert band or whatever you for sure played this song uh it's insanely popular in the music world and just incredible and james horner does bring the old theme into this newer version and it's really fucking cool that was our uh that song was our parade song when i was in uh junior college yeah that sounds right yeah because we were the wranglers so yep that sounds exactly right yep and you know what? <laughs> I played the hell out of it, but I still love that damn song. Yeah. There's like a handful of uh classical music slash score work from old westerns that have just become staples in the classical music world of like things that remind you of the old west, like no matter what it is. And it's like the theme to Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the theme to Magnificent Seven, uh Rodeo, <laughs> of course. Like it's just great. Yeah. Uh, fucking Rawhide. You know that? Yeah. Rawhide. That Roddy Yates tune in E. That's high. Sorry, Blues Brother. Uh, Fun. That's the, the Blues Brothers version is actually the one that pops up first when you search for oh, it. It's a good ass it version. Is the, it's the best version. <laughs> yeah. Country tune. Play it's actually, E. It's the best key. The Blues Brothers version is the one that they used in Five Hole Goes West. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a damn Fantastic. it's a damn good version, but uh, let's get through this story. So if you've seen Seven Samurai, you, you know what's going to happen here, y'all. Uh, but it, it's a good one. I would say at some point I'm going to sit Katie down, even though she has already seen Seven Samurai already. Technically, uh, we're going to sit and watch Seven I've Samurai. Seen like eight versions. Of yeah, Samurai. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's real good stuff. So in 1879, hey, that's a really good year for westerns. Apparently, I guess well, nobody has any other like. I don't know. They don't just like look up some other year. Like you could have picked any year, but nope. Every movie that takes place in the West, quote unquote, happened in 1879. Yeah. So Tombstone, uh, you know. The Harder They Fall and this all yeah. take place in 1879. Yeah, I was going to say Doc Holliday is coughing up a lung right now 
in Tombstone. Yeah. As you know, Denzel Washington is. Let's just forget about the fact that the Old West lasts like spanned like a hundred years of time. Yeah. It only lasted in 1879, guys. The the cool thing about westerns and stuff, uh, if you played the game Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, Deep Powell and I we're going through it separately. That is the tale, the ass end of the West, and people are kind of done with that and they're building and making technology and you meet up with one of the last like the start of the industrial revolution yeah and you you are meeting up you're playing as one of the last fucking squads of bandits good-hearted bandits but the last bandits getting chased down by cops and stuff and so it's you trying to change but then you don't want to change because all you know is being a bad guy but you're not that bad maybe uh Red Dead Redemption 2 is a really good game story-wise now the multiplayer so it's bulls but anyway let's talk about Magnificent Seven <laughs> play the game if you've got time um yeah so in 1908 I'm about to say 1978 I'm like damn this happened that long ago <laughs> just see people on horses shooting each other like god damn don't go outside uh in 1879 uh we have a robber baron and gold mining tycoon Bartholomew Boog what a bitch sounds like a dickhead uh, yeah. They seize control of a frontier town called Rose Creek by force. And I remember Katie, we were watching, and Katie's like, damn, they just kind of just shit on that place. I'm like, yeah, man, it's still like the West. Like, cops are just down the street. You got like two cops in a town. You shoot them, no one's going to fucking know what you're doing. So, I mean, I would say that the Old West, m- movies about the Old West are an argument. <laughs> against the pro-gun people because literally everyone in the old west had a fucking gun that's how you eat but yeah. nobody in this town could shoot a motherfucker like <laughs> that's the problem you only get better at shooting guns by shooting at people so if you don't shoot at people you ain't gonna be that good at it my point my but point then you exactly. there's a chance you my could die point, exactly. <laughs> i i could not survive in the west but i'd be throwing knives and shit I well, would have a gun. I pray to God I'd be good enough with it, but I don't know. Uh, the, since when Bogue moved in, they he, he enforced a no uh, no gun policy except yeah, for, for everybody but his so. people. Well, so I mean, that's they, how he kept control of them. Yeah, I mean they, yeah, they weren't going to be. I'm saying anyway. before he moved in, everyone in that town had guns. They had to mm-hmm. move because that's how you fucking feed your family. Like you go out and you shoot yeah. coyotes and shit. It's still a fear thing. One of those bullets in that time period, you get shot, you're probably going to die from it. Even if oh, it yeah. doesn't kill you instantly, you're probably going to die from it. No one wants to be that bad, badass. No one's Billy Badass when a, nah, one just, bullet can put you down. Our, just let our whole town get fucking wrecked. It's better than dying, I guess. I guess. I haven't died anyways. Yeah. So the residents, they are very upset at this because Bogue took over the town because the mines, they have gold in the mines. And so Bogue is like, yeah, I'm in charge. I took over all of this. Oh, so uh, he took over and he tells the residents that uh, they can be cheap labor for the mine and like, hey, you know, be in in charge of the mine and stuff. Uh, I own all of this and I'll sell you the land back. But uh, yeah, you're not in charge here anymore. And so they're in the church, the town church, and the townspeople are like, we should fight. Well, one of them is like, we should fight. And everybody else is like, you know, maybe. And uh, Matthew Cullen is the kid, the dude's name. And he's the one that's like, we should fight. We should do something. His wife, Emma, 
is like, you should kind of be quiet, bud. Uh, Bogue burns the church down. And everybody runs outside. And then people start getting their ass beat in the streets. And then Matthew says something. Bogue was on his way. He was leaving. And he's like, I'll be back in a couple of months. And I need you guys to get all your money ready. Or you can get the fuck out. Or you can die. So I'll be back later. And Matthew's like, what kind of man would do this? And he's like, okay, you want to talk. So I'm just going to shoot you. And Emma, very sad and crying because Matthew died. So Bogue leaves. And Emma and her friend, they leave to hire bounty hunters to help protect the town. And hopefully, you know, kill Bogue and all of them. And then, hooray. So they find Sam Chisholm. Well, before they find him, Sam comes into a bar and everyone just kind of stops. First off, because he's a black guy in the West, so that's instantly different. But he says he's looking for somebody special. And hey, it's the bartender. It's the guy he's looking for. Sam shoots four people around him. Doesn't kill him, but he shoots different things to like disable their hands and shoots their hat off. So that guy's like, I don't want to fight. He shot my fucking hat off. And then he shoots one chair and he falls and he takes in the bartender, not before having him kill his ass because everything went wild in there. And he actually gets help from a gambler at the table, Joshua Fairday. Hey, it's it's Chris Pratt. So Sam Chisholm gets recruited into this mission by Emma. And Sam's like, well, I think I got some friends that can help us. And Sam at first was kind of apprehensive about the whole situation, but then when he hears the name Bogue involved with all of this, he says, yeah, I'll help because Bogue is in this, right? That's the dude? Okay, I'll help you out. I think I got some friends, but hold on. Let me find this guy to help me out earlier. So we meet up with Josh Faraday. He is a gambler and a sleight of hand guy. He's like a cheap western magician and he's really good with guns but he's the silly one of the group and there's always a silly one in the seven that's just how it works so sam pays for his horse that he gambled away the night before and he tells him like i got this crazy mission and he's like yeah he's like is there money in it yeah there's some money like what are the odds he's like impossible he's like it's me and you taking on way too many people and josh and faraday is like okay i like it cool I don't got shit to do. <laughs> so they head off and they pick up a couple more people. So they pick up a an outlaw, Vasquez. So he's on the run. And Sam was actually, that was one of the pages in his uh, to-do list <laughs> that he was going to come find Vasquez. So he tells him, hey, if you help me out with this mission, I won't come after you. And he's like, that doesn't sound that scary. He's like, bro, you you be dead. If I can't trust me, you. you don't want me to come after you. <laughs> so do this mission for me and I'll just ignore you. And he's like, shit, I can do that. And then they, uh, Faraday actually meets up with a marksman, old good night robe show, and his friend Billy Rocks. Hey, it's a, it's an Asian man in the West. That's just different. So, um, I mean, it's different. If you have no concept of actual history. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking in <laughs> this movie. Di- it's very different from many movies about the West. But when you consider that the Transcontinental Railroad was built by, like, oh, yeah. mostly Chinese immigrants and 
Irish immigrants. Mm -hmm. The fact that you see none of those people in Irish films or in, in Irish films, in Western films is just absurd. Like there would be so many more Chinese Americans in the West doing wild ass shit like this. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah. So good night, Robichaux. He is a former Confederate marksman that's got a little bit of the yips. And so if you know what the yips is, that's just PTSD. That's just a fancy way of saying that. And old Billy Rocks, that's his buddy. So they work together and they hustle gunfighters for Robichaux. And so Billy's there just to calm his nerves and give him some more weeds and stuff. And they're actually really good friends. The next person on the list, they find Jack Horn. He's a legendary game hunter. Hey, it's Vincent D'Onofrio being just a big, scary person. <laughs> and uh, when they meet up with him, they hear that Jack Horn's been murdered by two guys. And like, yeah, this is his gun. and has a J and an H on it. And then a tomahawk just comes out of nowhere and just takes one of the guys out. And then Jack chases the other guy down and stabs the fuck out of him. And then I can't do how he talks, but it's just Vincent D'Onofrio is really good at just weird accents. He's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Sorry. It's very. Oh man, oh man, it's gotta, it got a right to self defense. It's very um Bane. It's like Bane. It's Bane it's, and Hank Hill had a baby. Yes, yes, it's like a Western Bane essentially. It's very weird because you don't when you think of Vincent D'Onofrio, you don't think of him having that like really high pitched kind of voice because he never does in anything else. But he crushed it in this. Yeah. And then, so there was only six of them, and that was kind of going to be it. Well, but while they were resting one night, they meet up with the Comanche tribe, and then they get a Comanche warrior. His name is Red Harvest. What a badass name. I mean, they don't really meet the whole tribe. They just meet him because he's tracking them. I assume if you see one, there's probably a fuck ton around. I mean, they there. were probably they all close to the Comanche tribe, and he was tracking them. Yeah, they all assumed there was more than one. They're like, yeah. hey, there's one, there's more. Yeah. Uh, So from what I've seen, uh, it seems like Red Harvest uh, is a young warrior and was exiled. I assume that Red Harvest was just on some mission to prove himself. But we meet we see later that there's another uh, Native American out in the world. So it's like uh, Red Harvest is probably bad, doing bad stuff in in the tribe. They're like, you need to leave. And he's like, that's cool. I'll. I'll find another trap. Hookers and blackjack. <laughs> so he Bookers leaves. Hookers and blackjack. <laughs> Bookers and, and hackjacks. Wow. So now the group, it's seven. So they enter Rose Creek. But before they can say hi to everybody and, you know, show how awesome they are. Well, they got to show how awesome they are by killing two, 22 Blackstone detectives, quotation mark, uh, hired to guard the town. So Bogue left some people behind just in case people wanted to get a little, you know, trigger happy yeah so like well you can't kill 22 of them well these seven dudes did and we get to see everybody show off and fight the way they're good i mean that's only like three dudes a person Uh, for some expert marksman that ain't that ain't bad yeah uh billy rocks uh has a gun but he likes throwing knives and stabbing people so he's just rolling around just perforating people yeah uh jack horn just dives on a man and just stabs the fuck out of him And this uh, fucking tomahawk, he's just like fucking chopping away. Oh, yeah. Bruh. Uh, everybody out here is doing work. Robichaud has some issues because he's a great shot, but he's got that PTSD from the first war. Oh, no, Civil War. From the Civil War. Civil War. So he's got issues. He doesn't shoot anybody. And you can see he's got the signs of 
intense PTSD. Like everything's hitting it. He's like backing away and he's like, hey, hey. so uh, Chris Pratt notices while when this happens that he's unable to shoot. But Billy kind of covers for him and kills the dudes who were. Oh, yeah. Billy, Billy's him. like, oh, his gun was jammed. That's why he didn't shoot. And you're like, oh, oh okay. I guess maybe. Sure. <laughs> so the seven, they liberate the men at the mine because the mine was still going because they're like, well, there's gold there and we own this place. So get the mine going. They shoot all the bad guys at the mine and they tell the guys, hey, you're free. But if you want to, you know, keep your home, you're going to help us fight for it. And a lot of the mine people say, hell yeah, man. <laughs> there's gold here i'll fight for this so um one detective stays alive hey it's a slutty guy from easy a look at him he's all big and got a beard so he's also in twilight yeah so they let him go well it wasn't that bad of a choice that they let him go because anyway it went bogue was gonna find out sooner or later so um sam tells everybody they got seven days eight but probably seven days to uh work on this place before bogue's men arrive so it's three days to get to where bogue is tell them the news bogue's gonna sleep and think about what to do three days to get here so they got a week to work on the defenses train these people a little bit and just be ready so so uh bogue is very upset (laughs) when the news comes in and he orders hey he has a Comanche enforcer too. His name is Denali. And so uh, he, he's, a, he's a bit pudgy and older. So I assume that's what happens in this Comanche tribe. They just dump people out. They're like, nah, you're doing too much. Get out. And he's like, fuck it. I'll, I'll do my own thing in the world. I don't need you. And Did it ever say that he was Comanche? Like- there's some notes. And it's just the way they looked at each other. I assume that they, he didn't know him, but he's like, uh, he probably he talked to him though when they had their fight and he understood him. Yeah, he's like you from somewhere close. Well, they probably would have they would have known from their insignia the that they wear on their face. Yeah, but it's interesting in the movie they never actually mention the Comanche tribe. They never talk about it at all. Yeah, it's there's a couple of spots where they could have added in like two lines. I'm like, oh okay, but yeah. So, um, Robichaud, uh So the days go by and they're making all these pitfalls. They get dynamite and they're setting up all these traps so robichaud he is very haunted by his experiences in the civil war because he was fighting for the south and he he says that he's he's gotten over that he's like my bad dude that's just how it worked and and i was remember i was talking me and katie were talking about it i was like he don't seem like a racist because his best friend's asian but i was like Oh, yeah. Not everybody in a fight like that would be a racist. If you just lived in the South and you're like, well, I'm going to fight for my stuff because this is how it works. You don't have to be an asshole. It's just you're in the wrong fucking place and you're just fighting. There are a lot of people in war that don't really have a voice. They're just there to fight. And, you know, so it makes more sense. But Robichaud is he's scared of dying. Uh, and he doesn't want to kill anybody at that point. Uh, he's a really good shot. And he actually shows off his talent when he doesn't have PTSD earlier. But he leaves the town the night before Bogue's arrival. And so Emma, uh, she says, I'll take his spot. He's like, I can shoot. And they're like, man. And Sam, he, he says yes, but he's like, fuck, if it comes down to you last, he's like, we ain't going to win. He just he told her straight up. He's like, you can't do this by yourself. If we all die this shit's done so 
it sucks that we lost a really good shot. So the next morning, Bogues Army, they attack Rose Creek and they don't think it's going to be that much of a fight. They're like, it's only seven dudes. We can do that. They get fucked up by tons of traps, explosives, and ambushes uh, prepared by the seventh. So, not to mention the entire rest of the fucking town who's like, bitch, fight me. Yeah. So, everybody's helping. So, Faraday, he's actually wounded. Uh, he gets shot well, later on, he gets shot like three times. But at this point, he's only got shot once. And Vasquez actually saves him. The whole movie, him and Vasquez are just pooping on each other because that's how boys are. But then later on, it's like, oh, y'all are friends. I love it. So um, it's very much like a rocket and uh, I don't even know who else, like Bucky, like they're just, or Rocket and Drax are just like fighting to see who. Yeah, it's like better. No, what's the, Gimli and Legolas. That's what it is. (laughs) That's two dudes just like, I'm better than you, bitch. Yeah, definitely. Like they're like counting. Yeah, they love each other, but it's like, I'm better than you. They're counting so, kills. Yeah. Oh, and he takes down the big elephant with all the dudes. He's like, that still counts as one. <laughs> um, so while everybody's fighting, um, so Faraday got shot. Robichaud returns. Hey, good for him. And he starts shooting people. And Robichaud warns everybody that Bogue's got a Gatling gun. And we need to get the fuck down. So... Back in the day, I don't know what year Gatling guns, I assume even now, Gatling guns, the problem with them, with a Gatling gun, if you've never shot one, I haven't shot one, but I just know a little bit about it. They jam real fucking easy because it's belt-fed bullets. It's not just like in a, you know, like a chamber or a clip or anything. So it's easy to jam. So the the way they switch that in this version, it is a gravity-fed um, I guess clip. And yeah. so I was like, oh, that's really smart. The fact that they even had one, this was 1889, right? Oh, 79. The Gatling gun was invented in 1862. Yeah. This has only been around for 17 years and has somehow made it all the way across the West. But remember that people are only really traveling by fucking like, uh, horseback yeah, for the most part barely by tra- like train travel is like very new at this point yeah <laughs> yeah but it's a rich dude a rich gold monger he, he, of course he's gonna beef up everything he's gonna get all the best guns and oh yeah so i don't i don't i don't blame him for having a gatling gun <laughs> right it seems a little overkill but i mean they were getting shit on by seven people so <laughs> like man bring out, the, <laughs> bring out the gatling gun so just like in infinity war when Thanos tells his second in command to just fuck it, shoot down at the ground at me as he was getting choked out by Scarlet Witch, uh, Bogue just shoots everybody in town, even his own people. He don't give no fucks. He's like, he has no loyalty man, I hope you survive this. And they just start spraying into the town. So they're on a hill shooting into Rose Creek. That's why some of the bullets kind of seem like they're falling from the sky at points. And I was like, my God, you can't even hide behind something because it's above you. I'm like, Ugh. So Tons of people are getting blasted by this. Bad guys, good guys, everybody. So the seven, they evacuate the survivors uh, to the burnt out church and they mount like a last stand. So uh, Jack Horn, he protects a uh, wounded friend from gunfire, but he gets killed by the, the Native American Denali. Oh, no. Johnny Q, you're, he's, he's saying what's his name, isn't he? Uh, the one that went with uh, Emma? Oh, Teddy. Yeah, that's his name. 
Yeah, old Teddy, old bitch ass Teddy. Uh, and then later, Red Harvest pops up and they have a like, what's that you claim, bitch? <laughs> and then Denali gets his old fat ass beat. I'm like, yeah, you old chief. <laughs> and Red Harvest kills his ass real good and Spartan kicks him off of a fucking stairway. Uh, Robichaud and Billy, they are at the top of the uh, church tower just sniping everybody up there, just doing work. And then they see that Faraday has a plan and he's riding out toward the Gatling gun. And they're like, well, give him, give him cover. And they are shooting their last bullets down to keep Faraday safe. And then the Gatling gun eats them up. And so they go down. I'm like, man, <laughs> those two make me real sad when they die. I'm like, those are my dudes. So Faraday, he makes a suicide, just suicide charge up the hill toward the Gatling gun. And he gets shot off his horse and falls and he limps toward the bad guys. And the leader's like, hold up, don't kill him yet. Like, hey, give him, give him a light. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. He's going to die anyway. Just give him a light. So he lights his cigarette and Faraday falls over and the guy's like, fuck, I guess he's dead. And then Faraday sits back up. He's got dynamite in his hand and he lit it (laughs) with a cigarette. And he's like, yeah, bang, bang. And he blows up the Gatling gun and all the bad guys and himself. <laughs> so Faraday is, is gone. And so Bogue is just Bogue and two men left. So Sam confronts him and he guns down the other two bad guys around him. And Bogue just starts running off like a little bitch because he is a bitch. Uh, he shoots him in like the butt cheek. And so it's like Bogue can't even run anymore. And he's like crawling into the church. And so Sam finally talks to Bogue and he's like, do you remember this town that you took over back in like 1867? Do you remember this town? He's like, I don't, maybe. And he's like, well, he's like, do you remember lynching these people and raping these women? Well, guess what, motherfucker? That was my family. And you remember, uh, hey, you see these marks around my neck? Guys tried to lynch me too. And I got out of it. And he's like, yeah. So I'm here for revenge, you little piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, hey, that's another running theme in Westerns. Revenge. <laughs> so uh, Bogue is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And Sam chokes him out with his neckerchief. Uh, <laughs> and he's choking the shit out of him. And he's like, well, let's pray. Let's pray. Choke. And while he's getting choked out, Bogue finds his little Derringer. And he's going to shoot Sam. And a bullet goes off. Oh, no, Sam. Hey, Emma shot Bogue before he could get shot. Hey, Ray. So Emma saved Sam. Uh, she shot a ton of people in the fight, but I'm glad she made it through it. So the townspeople, they are happy. They come back to Rose Creek. I mean, more than half of it's on fire, but it's safe. It's theirs again. And I mean, they got to do a lot of work on it. <laughs> and there's a lot of dead bodies everywhere. But um, they thank Sam vasquez and red harvest for their service and so and they ride off uh, and they promise to take care of their bodies to the bodies of their teammates yes so they bury faraday robichaud billy and jack horn and they're buried uh and honored as heroes and stuff and so it's really good like a special plot yeah a set of land for them and then the three ride off so there have been sequels to the magnificent seven the old one it's like magnificent seven rides again and Sam, well, his name's not Sam in the original, but 
they could make a second one of these and just have Sam like, I know more people. Because even in this, he knew all these crazy people. He knew how to speak Comanche language. Like Sam just knows folk. And he's like, I know a guy. Hey, let's go over here and find him real quick. And he's like, yeah, I'm real good at karate. Sweet. Hey, you want to do this cool thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it was really awesome. So um, this movie's fun. So Katie, who's your favorite character in The Magnificent Seven? Uh, I am sorry if I take anyone's, but Billy Rocks was my favorite character in this movie. Not only did he have the best fucking name, <laughs> like Billy Rocks is a badass name, uh, but he was just fucking amazing. His knife throwing skills were incredible. His shooting was incredible. Um, he had like, he said all of three words, like in the whole movie, he like barely spoke and he was just the best. The amount of care that he showed towards uh goodnight Robichaud was just incredible like their friendship was incredible he was so great danny uh i'm gonna go with jack horn played by the great vincent De- don for don frio denofrio denofrio sorry i'm not good with names with o's in it no that's okay Denofrio. every time i look at his name i say it wrong but then I remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> names, names with apostrophes. It's like I can't read it right. <laughs> names with apostrophes really fuck me up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I like him. Just, you know, he's a crazy woodsman for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you first meet him, he's coming out of the mountains. Killing. <laughs> they killed me. Or they, they said they killed me, but they just took my shit. So I'm going to just stab you repeatedly until you die. And beat you with my gun. Um, and then just the way he rambles about shit. <laughs> he's just a rambling lunatic. And he's a tank. I mean, when, uh, what's his name? Uh, the little, the bad Indian guy. Oh, uh, Denali. The arrows. He, he took about three, four arrows before he finally said, uh, okay, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the way he would just like, uh, there's a scene where they're having the big gunfight. And he just runs into a bar. After the guy shooting at him at him from the window, and he just runs in there, and you just see him like throw him out the window. I'm like, good lord, this guy is <laughs> Jesus, fucking maniac, man. Yeah, the freaking maniac. The whole time he's praying, like, and his weird. I can't do the voice either, Otis. I'm just. I'm telling you, man, it's so hard to do, but it's. It reminds me of uh, what's his name on uh, Rogue One. Oh, uh... Whitaker. Yes. He kind of has that Forrest oh. Whitaker. I mean, oh, Rogue One, that's another, well, kind of. Not really. That, that could, uh, mm, not quite the same. And, uh, nah. Um, But yeah, um, yeah, him. Otis? So, I, I always break the rules. If it's an ensemble cast, I'm always going to say, I love the seven altogether. Fucking awesome. But if I had to pick one out of the seven, that's my favorite. Uh, I'm probably this time it always changes every time I watch it and stuff. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with Red Harvest. So this the the Comanche warrior they pick up. Uh, every time like any scene with food, he's just sitting there and he's like I ain't eating this shit because they were eating like beans and he's like I don't trust any of this white man bullshit. Yeah, he's like oh, yeah, white food. man food. Yeah, white man food. Yeah, and he just runs off and kills something outside and comes back and eats it but oh the fact that they were eating that raw deer i was like oh, oh bro. probably the, like the liver probably right. 
to get so sick. I think that was. I think that's like a sign of respect, isn't it? Like you're yeah. you're willing to break bread with me. So. Oh yeah, that's like that's it, yes, something it, special. It was, and I get that. And no, I no, hey, I get it. It was it's, red, but if somebody hands me like fucking raw red meat, you know what? I'm not putting in my mouth that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. it, it you gotta do what I'm you gotta not do. trying to die. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do when a guy can kill in you. In the 1880s, y'all just asking to die. Hey, I'll take the bite and then turn. But hey, look at that. Well, yeah, no, uh, Denzel did right. He was walking. He had to back swallow like, it. He had to pre. He had to prove that he had swallowed it. Oh, yeah, gross. he <laughs> swallowed gross. it. He, he wasn't that happy about it, but he swallowed it. If it was sushi, sure. Let's let's do it. Break I'll, bread with me. Have the sushi roll. Like, no, okay. I'll eat some raw fish because oh, yeah, I've had eat. like that's fine. Yeah, I'll eat some. No, no, I get it, Katie. That that shit's gross. Yeah. I would take the bite too. Is... I would take the bite too, just not to disrespect. But I would. I wouldn't be happy doing it. You got to fake it, like with little kids when they like hand you something. Stick it in the gross. back of your cheeks. Yeah. When little kids like, hey, hey, have part of my cookie, and the cookie hit the ground and shit. You're like, mm. you like kind of bite nothing. You're like, mm, so good. Mm, it was so <laughs> yummy. That cookie's too much for me. You eat the rest because I eat that dirty cookie. <laughs> you know, the kids like, okay. Like, oh my god. <laughs> got to chase them off. Uh, but no, the whole group, they were great. But Red Harvest, he, he made me smile. Probably. No, not the most. But anyway, Katie, who's your least favorite character? Oh, Bogue. Yeah. yeah. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I don't know, Stevie stories get on me because I always choose the bad guy. But honestly, in this ensemble cast, he's the worst fucking person. Like, there's no one to hate in the seven um, unless you want to just hate chris pratt because it's fucking chris pratt which is fine but his actual work in this movie was fine bogue was just a fucking dick he ran up in there he burned down a church and then he just shot up a bunch of folks just because they didn't want to give up their whole fucking town like (laughs) bruh go fuck yourself he was it reminded me a lot of uh fucking malfoy in the patriot Oh yeah, you're a piece of shit in that. Yeah, just burning churches and not giving a fuck. So fuck that guy, Daniel. Um, my least favorite character was Denali, the 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 other the the pudgy Indian, if you will. (laughs) That guy was a dick, bro. Like in the beginning, after they after they uh, moved everybody, he just straight up had like throwing axe the woman in the back. He sure as fuck did. She was running away. He said. Oh, wow. Well, let's stick around. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck, dude? He did that shit out of just for fun. Yeah, he probably enjoys killing. <laughs> that guy's a dick, bro. Yeah, no, fuck that guy. He got his comeuppance good. Oh, yes, he did. And that instantly made me hate him. I was like, dude, I don't even know who you are, but die <laughs> in the worst way. Yeah, and then I'm just glad homeboy uh Red Harvest? What, is that what his yeah. name was? Yeah, yeah Red I'm Harvest. Just he, I'm just glad he was the one that came in and handled them. Because he handled them quick, too. Oh, yeah, a man. Of, a couple of snicket snickets, and then threw, him out, threw his ass off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that age, man. Age caught his ass. He's like, I don't care how much you know. You ain't quit. That speed, baby. Yes. All right, but yeah. Um, that guy, the the bad Native American guy. Yeah. Denali. Denali. Uh, so I obviously Bogue, 
so everyone knows I enjoy a good villain and I picked multiple villains as my favorite character. He's poop because I guess the way he works, because he hires people to chase out people that live in a place and he buys it. I guess it isn't that fucking um what's the phrase when it happens now when you chase people out of a place and you make it fancier? Hostile takeovers. Oh, no. Gentrification. Yeah, he's gentrifying places. He's like, oh, you live here, but I kind of want this. I mean, I'm going to chase you out. He wasn't, though, because he wasn't changing the culture. Yeah, Yeah, gentrification is taking from an area that is low income and typically POC and upgrading it so that you flush out all the poc and a bunch of rich white folks move in okay. and what he's culture, doing is just culture, for the land so that he can harvest all the gold for himself he just being a greedy tycoon yeah, yeah. he just wants gold gold yeah, so it's it's a form of what he's doing but he is hiring he's chasing people to fuck out or actually killing them it's easier yeah, just he's to kill just killing them. folks uh but he's poop and the second when he didn't have anybody around him to protect him he wasn't like, let's do this. He was like, oh, God, don't shoot me. And he got shot in his butt cheek. Yeah, so. little bitch. Yeah. But that happens all the time. So, uh, no, he was poop. So, let's do seven word synopsis. I got to get my phone ready. Okay. Uh, only, I have two of them. Uh, you got to hate what you're firing at. So, Robichaud, when he's teaching the guys how to shoot a gun, everybody's just kind of being bitch made about and scared of the gun. He's like, come on, you got to get, get some sand in your crawl. God damn it. <laughs> you got to hate what you're firing at. And then my last one is I've always wanted to blow something up. And that was Faraday. When they find dynamite, he's like, oh, my God, I get to blow something up. I'm so excited. <laughs> he was so pumped to do it. And he blows the fuck out of people in it. So uh, he did some blowing ups. Katie. Girl look like half price Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually like 89% sure that Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to be the girl in this film and something happened like she was busy doing another film or didn't want to take a pay cut to be in this film or something I don't know but I am 100% sure that it was supposed to be her like because this girl is a dead ringer for Jennifer Lawrence um and then you gotta call her low-key fucking <laughs> Shayla. Yeah. And then uh paid for Matt Bomber, killed him immediately. Mm-hmm. So her husband in the film, uh Matthew Cullen, the guy who gets he like speaks up in the church and then gets blown away immediately. That guy's a pretty famous actor. And it's weird that you would just be like, oh fuck it, you're dead. It's been two minutes into this film. You're gone. We don't we don't give a fuck. And then my last one, how does Vincent D'Onofrio disappear into characters? (laughs) The man has been everyone. He was Pinhead. He was the giant cockroach from Men in Black. He, not Pinhead, I said Pinhead, I mean Kingpin. And the giant cockroach from Men in Black and just Jack Horner, like dude was insane in fucking sane in this film he did so well daniel uh i got a few but 
just kind of on Vincent's awesomeness. Uh, in Jurassic World, he played the perfect asshole. Yep. Released the uh, Raptors and shit. Oh, yeah. When he was like, it's fine. Yeah. They'll listen to me. You showed yeah. me what to do. I'll be fine. Yeah. Just bitch, get eaten. Just that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. Okay. Um, but yeah, my I got three. Um, my first one is, is Chris Pratt even gonna try an accent? Like, understand it's America and it's the old west, but I mean he didn't even try to like like not even a drawl or anything. Like, I don't know the origins of that guy, but like come on now. Like Denzel kind of like had a southern a southern accent kind of sorta. But yeah. Chris Pratt, like he didn't even try, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um my second one is uh Emma is a baddie, not just killing. Mm-hmm. Call her bootleg J Law if you want, whatever, but she she's still looking good. <laughs> a Law. Yeah, she could have been the understudy for Katniss. I'd go, I'd go shooting with her. Mm-hmm. And my last one is a uh, theme song is still a banger. Yeah. Like I said earlier, that was our go-to parade song in Juco. And we I, I can tell you I played it over a hundred times probably. And I and every time I still hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, I still shake with it. The only thing I didn't like about this film is that they waited until the end of the movie to play the song. Mm-hmm. Like I would have loved to hear this song to to hear the Magnificent Seven theme at the very beginning of the film, like when they dropped the title card, and then in the middle of it when they when they finally collect all seven of them and they're going across the fucking wilderness to get to the town, like just all of them on horseback, like riding, like that's when I, I think, should have heard it. I think that would have taken away from the darker tone of the, the movie was trying to set. Because I mean, yeah, it's a, I guess it's I don't know. Bright, I just, it's a pretty bright song. Like, it is. I just love that song so much. I was like, "Come on!" I had to wait all the way to the fucking end of that movie. No, I did. I did my shaking. I did my flailing. <laughs> you know that whole. You know how we get with songs, Katie. Yeah, like, I know. I was in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I get it. I think I got. I, I, I don't. I think they do like a darker tone of it. I have to go re-listen to it or re-watch the movie because I could have sworn they did something that sounded like it or if not. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some some undertones in another song or something like that. But yeah. Minor version. When I went to see this movie in the theater, the whole movie, I was like, fuck, man, come on, where is it? And then right when the credits hit, I'm like, if they don't play this shit, I'm going to be upset. I'm walking out of this bitch. I put my hands up like thank you god (laughs) (laughs) if they don't play this fucking theme I'm walking out it's already the end (laughs) right just like uh that movie take me home tonight oh my god I was so fucking mad in that movie where the fuck is the song man I just want to take me home tonight they couldn't get the rights even though it was in the fucking trailers yeah me and Terrell were upset we were sitting there waiting the whole time like where is the fucking song so were me and Ian we were pissed oh man I've never been so mad in just for one song (laughs) one song got me hot uh okay and everyone else who watched that movie take me home tonight (laughs) it wasn't bad I just want that song it wasn't a bad movie but it became a shitty movie when they didn't put that fucking song Uh, you're right about that it could have been a good movie had that one song been in there like 
The difference a song makes, guys. Don't name a movie after a song and then not put the fucking song in there. Right? Yeah, she's right. So this bad boy came out September 23rd, 2016. Dang. Uh, what do you guys think the budget for this film was? Katie? 50 million. Okay. Deep out. The budget? Yes, sir. Mm, 55 million 55 and just off of just how we do things daniel wins the budget oh, wow. was 90 million to 107 million so a little god bit of, damn yeah there's a lot of good people in this <laughs> denzel's getting his money <laughs> but uh, even if everybody got their money like okay there's seven main people in this movie who deserve like who are big ticket, like, let's pay them hella money. Even if each of those seven got $10 million a piece, which is outrageous, there's still $20 million for a boomtown out in the desert and a couple of sticks of dynamite. Like, I will say, God damn. <laughs> it's, this is a pretty expensive Western. I will say that. It's because it's new. Modern. Yeah. yeah. All movies now cost a bajillion fucking dollars. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think the box office was, Katie? $150 million. Like where your head's at. Deep Hell. Uh, 125. 125. The box office was $162 million. Ooh, so close. uh it, it, made it did its, not do well. Yeah, unfortunately. It like it made its money, but I I loved it. When it came in, I enjoyed it. It was fucking great. Um, but from what people said that the Western genre was struggling to attract like big audiences for a while because of a lot of flops like Cowboys and Aliens. Remember that movie? Mm. Probably not. Because nobody wanted to see Hey, you remember The Lone Ranger? No. No, probably not. Because again, well, and also don't cast Johnny Depp as a Native American. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that was a lot. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's a lot of issues. Johnny, yeah, Johnny but, Depp gonna say that movie. That movie was ass. Yeah, uh, but there's been a few sprinkling of good westerns, but just honestly, by 2010, westerns were getting kind of played out. Unfortunately, like the 90s. Well, they came back in in 2010. Yeah, like True Grit, good one. Uh, hey, it's like Logan, Django Unchained. Is wild as fuck. I love that movie. I'd say there's like westerns come in like 10 year like increments. So like the 90s were really heavily saturated with western films. And then the 2000s, there was like none. Yeah. And then the 2010s, it started with True Grit. And then like every year there was like one big <laughs> western that came out. And it was like one year it's great. Next year's a flop. One year is great. Next year's a flop. One year is great. Next year's a flop. It was like all the even yeared uh cowboy movies were all great and all the odd years were just fucking flops and it's crazy with this one i mean this one was successful just not as much as you would think with the actors in it uh it's just crazy to me that a remake of magnificent seven it might be the fact that people heard oh they're remaking it uh it's probably gonna be all right and they probably didn't go see it uh it's, it's goddamn great but uh like i said it's good. I just wish it made more because we probably would have had a sequel because I want to see another mission with these guys. 
or give me new ones. Denzel's getting older, so they just get another old black person. Not as old as Denzel. Fuck it. No, they um, could do it. I'm sure Denzel has one more. Yeah, and he really oh, does man. a lot in this movie, honestly. He really doesn't do a whole lot of flopping. Yeah, all the other ones were doing a lot of the fighting. He was just yeah. shooting guns and stuff. So, I mean, they can keep it going. Or have Sam, he has a son, and it's Jeremy Funks. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a Django. Django. Yeah. So I Jimmy, do I do I do want to see a because it is a comic series, Django and Zorro meet. Yes. Oh man, I'm excited I about wanna, the new Zorro. Yeah. So I want to see that crossover in the theaters. Have so, you seen Disney's making a new Zorro show? Are they? Yeah, it's gonna star uh Wilmer Valderrama as Zorro, I think. Okay, Ooh, I can I can hype that kind of I'm excited. That's gonna be out here fighting and Latina cheese. Yeah, a Latina who can speak Spanish in the role of Zorro, like give it to me. That's all, that's, that's all I want. Oh, I'm just worried about the cheeks you're gonna be saving. You're gonna be looking. Fez great. gonna be out there cutting Z's into people. Mm-hmm. Just booties everywhere. It's gonna be great. Um, <laughs> so Robert Rodriguez and um, I can't remember his name. Quentin Tarantino. Yes. So Quentin Tarantino, he saw the comic book of Zorro and Django, and he's like. Y'all, I'm 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 working on it. <laughs> he wants to make that movie because what I would do, I would have Antonio Banderas come back and he's old Zorro, and then have whoever you want to be the new one and have Django there. And so Django and young Zorro doing something. Maybe they're saving the old one. Fuck it. Do that. And so just I just want more of Django. He's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. Absolutely. We definitely mm-hmm. need a second. And I want more of Antonio Banderas as Zorro. Honestly, he's getting up there. So, you know, he don't have to do all the action, but fuck it. Give him a couple of scenes. Well, he'll, I'm sure he'll make a, well, I'm not sure, but I hope he will make an appearance in the Zorro show as kind of a way to pass it on down to Wilmer Valderrama. Oh, he could be um the one that trains him. Yeah, the Anthony have, Hopkins. Yeah, have him be the old one. That's what I'm saying. Trained. It's very much like a Batman Robin situation. Like, you go. I hope you so. You need to be the new Zorro now. He's still alive. Fuck it. Let him do it. Yeah. Fuck it. Let him be the same Zorro. It's just time has passed. Let him be that one. Just well, no, I mean, him, just make Wilmer Valderrama, uh, Antonio Banderas, and Catherine Zeta Jones' son. Yeah. yeah no, because they do in the last Zorro, his kid was already like 10, 10, yeah. 11. Yeah. Just yeah. keep it going. <laughs> yeah. And make those movies. I've got canon. ideas. I love Zorro. Zorro's so fucking cool. Yeah. Make those movies canon. Just, just, just move it along. Yeah, Ooh, I can't wait for an updated theme. I love because they the were Zorro. because those movies weren't actually bad. No, they were great. Love Zorro. I love the theme to the Zorro show, the old one, the black uh, and white one. It's man. so good. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, but uh, we'll we'll have to watch Zorro later. Sorry, in action, <laughs> action month. We'll watch Zorro. <laughs> Captain Zeta Jones. She was looking great. Oh, oh my gosh, we get to talk about the fucking mountain looks- lion explosion. Oh yeah. That's so they add a lot of animal sounds into explosions, makes it sound, I don't know, animalistic, makes it sound destructive. Yeah, yeah. So, I, there's a couple movies that do that. But, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about The Magnificent Seven? Watch it's good. It go check happen. it out. It's really good. It did not deserve how poorly it did at the box office. Yeah, yeah. I will say it didn't. I'm not going to say it did really bad because it at least made its money, but it definitely deserved to make much more than it did. Right. Should have been way better. But uh, so if you have any other cool fun facts about Westerns or, you know, asking why we haven't even watched Seven Samurai yet, you can tweet us at 
Allentown Pod. Yeah, but email it is. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, how about Facebook? <laughs> Allentown Presents. So we got one more Western film. Uh, one of, it, it's from my bag of awesome movies. And I, I say this all the time. Every movie is my goddamn favorite. But this next one is actually in my top 10 movies of all time. So we're going to sit down and watch it. And it's got a female lead. Oh, scary. Who's shocked? But uh, <laughs> you should be happy about that. But I like female lead. Because I'm a movie. woman? No, that I'm not a dickhead that's like, women can't act on a movie. Why would I? Okay. Yeah, but you don't have to think like that to. Never mind. No, I get, it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I just want to know why I became 1940 news guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hitler and his playboys continue to run amok in, in Germany and <laughs> Western Europe. 1940, the March of War. So, uh, yeah, so like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another Western film. Okay, bye guys. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think Katie's entertained by uh... Huh? Are you entertained by a 1940s news guy? <laughs> See you next week, guys. Hey, right. Hitler and his playboys continue to run amok in Western Europe. <laughs> Check out Captain America. He, America, he gives Hitler what for? Just pops yeah. him right in the mail. Wow. <laughs> bye bye, <We> sauerkrauts. <laughs> it's one of them. Okay, bye. Looks guys. like we're making their kraut sour over there, aren't we, boys? Give them the what have you. <laughs> 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 <laughs>